Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Sir, I just want to Welcome to Calvin on Podcast. Second, my brother Isaiah Cooper finally came through. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother man. Of How course, you, of course. Thank you for the invitation. How you doing today, man? I'm blessed. Uh, it's the best way I can put it. Yes, you came and blessed the podcast, man. And I just want to say, you know, thank you so much, man, for just obviously coming through. And I guess the first question I was ask you after hearing the amazing, you know, Coach Carter, like, are you scared of your light? Wow, that's uh, and I've seen Coach the Coach Carter movie hundreds of times, and this part kind of really grew on me because I started to understand it as I got older. You know, being someone who, especially like let's just say in, in sports, and that, and your light can be translated to a lot of different you know aspects of life. Um, but I constantly had to or heard from people around me that you know you're trying too hard, you're doing this, you're doing yeah. that. And, you know, I shine bright. One of the places I shine bright as a kid was playing sports. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes that was too much for some people. And, you know, I heard a lot. And sometimes it kind of affected me when I would hear, oh, well, you're doing too much. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're playing too hard. And, mm. you know, for me, if it's something that I'm going to spend my time on, I'm going to give it 100%. Yeah. And so I was, I was very afraid. You know, I was kind of, I shied away from my life at that point in my life but yeah not anymore <laughs> i'd say not anymore yeah and he's telling the truth this this dude has literally he's so i play basketball with this guy this dude has grabbed 22 rebounds this dude only want to get 22 rebounds and save your company 20 percent on raw materials in the same day <laughs> isaiah cooper is here on the calvin podcast thank you so much for giving us a little you know a little thank you for that insight and i asked that question because um you know, there's a famous quote. It's like, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. You ever heard that quote before? I have not. Yeah, so it's a very uh, famous quote. And it's a quote that kind of deters people from positions of power, like becoming mayor. Like you ever hear people say, I don't want to become a politician because I don't want to be corrupt. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's actually research that shows that people that are power hungry are the ones that mostly get power. Where people like me and you... Right. Who don't want it. Who don't want it, right? And that's why I asked the question, like, you know what I'm saying? Are you scared of your light? We don't recognize that. My mom used to always call me, you Barack Obama, Calvin. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you are Denzel Washington. I'm like, no, mom, I'm me. But then she's telling me this because she wants me to understand you can be just like those people, right? But why do we not, you know what I'm saying, put ourselves in those positions of power like the psychopaths, like the Walter Whites, like the, you know what I'm saying, the Donald Trumps who can literally be gangsters and wangsters all on TV and flaunt with the power, right, when we are just generally out here trying to coach kids and, you know, do God's work? That's that's an amazing question. And it, and an experience in my life that kind of resonates with that and, um, you know, it kind of will lead into, I think, what – you know, what we'll be talking about is, you know, my dad, who coached me for a lot of my life, they, he's always told me 
that you can do anything that you put your mind to. Yeah. And I didn't start realizing that or understanding what that meant until I was maybe about 10 or 11 and I started taking certain things more seriously. Um, and, you know, that kind of was good and bad in some senses. Mm-hmm. Good because, you know, I realized I can do anything I want. Bad because I realized I can do anything I, and I want that I wanted and I, you know, picked and choose, you mm, know. That willpower. Yeah, that willpower. So I picked and choose, you know, okay, well, you know what? I got class today. Um, you know, I'll just kind of pay attention. But, you know, when it comes down to the test, I'll, I'll figure it out. I, I'll put my mind to it then and not really okay. invest like I should have been. Um, and that's something that, you know, I wish I would have figured out sooner. So I didn't have a dad in my life. Um, my dad lived 10 minutes from me and I saw him 10 times in my life. Mm. Um, and I always struggle with like confidence and imposter syndrome. My mm-hmm. mom had a master's degree plus 30, grew up in the uh, West Bank in New Orleans, and Ooh. I had everything I needed. You know what I'm saying? I never really had issues going hungry, nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But I That's struggled amazing. with confidence. You understand what I mean? And like you said, like, you know, that your dad kind of gave you that at an early age. What does that feel like to be like so confident at early age? I remember my friends like Trey and Tony. I remember because I got cut from the basketball team my freshman year where these kids, they were playing basketball like at five years old. Like they were scoring. You know what I'm saying? They were on AAU teams. You know, I went to, um, uh, I grew up in the DMV area. It's like a basketball mecca. Mm-hmm. Some kids play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Kelmel Anthony, Kevin Durant's from there. Victor Aldebo's from there. How, what does that feel like? And how do you how do you get that at such a young age? Is it like just second nature, or are you like literally like? <laughs> no, really, it's it's playing basketball constantly. And so I I, I did grow up playing since I was four years old. Um, and did you grow any play any sports? Other sports outside of basketball? Played base. I was forced to play baseball. Really? Yeah, I didn't didn't take for me. Um, cool. But I also played football, which I, I didn't like as much, but I think I was better at football than I am at basketball. It's too much injuries? Um, no, I just had a love for basketball, and plus the fact that I know that I can go and play pickup whenever I wanted. Yeah. That had a big impact. Okay, go ahead. You were saying. Um, but no, yeah, it just came with playing basketball constantly and realizing that, you know, I wanted it more. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm playing and somebody's in front of me, you know, it's it's a one-on-one thing in my mind until somebody else steps up. Well, hey, I want this more than you do. Let's see what you do to try and take it from me. And that's kind of, you know, after continuously having that, um, having that struggle, yeah, um, it kind of grew in me inside of me to try and, you know, take on whoever was in front of me because I played at, at age four. I played in the sixth and seventh division, and that's kind of something my pops. Um, you know, kind of saw on me. So that's, that may be one of the differenti- differentiators there. Um, Cause I always played up. And wow. then once I started playing with people, my level, it was, it was, it was nothing. So playing play, play with bigger people that were bigger and stronger um, kind of made that difference. Okay. So where'd you go to high school? So I went to high school. Um, so I'm So just to back up a little bit, I'm from, you know, California. Um, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. Uh, so San Fernando Valley, um, actually, Pacoima. I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, nah, we're not going to do that. You can smell all the winning because we talk about Detroit. And we don't want to talk about Detroit. Uh, you know, you want to talk about winning? You got to talk about joking. LA. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It's the Kobe smell. It's the Mamba smell. <laughs> Mamba you know mentality. What That's what Mamba it is. Mamba mentality. There you go. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Pacoima. So it's about 20 minutes um, from downtown LA. Um, cool. To try and liken it to a place out here, it would probably be the same as Inkster. 
Um, so not a, not a great neighborhood. Um, that's a cool reference. I would have thought of Inkster out of all the. <laughs> the no, yeah, that's. That I got it. Yeah, no, nah, it, it wasn't. A, it wasn't the sub. I'm telling you, it was. It was a. It was a. It was a tough neighborhood, and. Um, Word. So my parents, you know, they, we were living in that neighborhood, but they wanted to put me in a school for education. So I went to uh, Vaughn International Studies of uh, Vaughn International Studies Academy. I blast me on. No. Oh damn. <laughs> Chinese. I took three years of Chinese. Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay. Go ahead. Flip it on me. And what's crazy is, what's crazy is, this is a perfect example of what I was saying earlier. Um, I took four years of Chinese and I went to China to play basketball and I didn't pay attention at all throughout high school. And I could have used that when I went to go play in China. That's something that bit me in the butt back when I was just like, oh, well, I can do whatever I want to do. I'll figure it out. Got B's. A's and B's in my classroom, but then when it came to time to apply it a few years later, yeah. So you you had an opportunity to play in China at what level? Like, so I was playing it in the pro like at the CBA, in the CBA. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so before that, did you have any like college offers in like high school? So How I did, did. Work. Yeah. So in what position kinda, did you play? Point guard. Always point guard. Yeah. Who'd you like grow up? Uh, Watching LeBron James? No, so Kobe. Honestly, Magic. No, honestly, I was not a Shaq. Laker fan. <laughs> I was not a Laker fan at all. I still am not. I, I love those guys' games, but I've never been a Lakers fan. Vladi <laughs> Diva. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to guess. So T Mac, T Mac has been my okay. favorite player. Um, besides, obviously, Michael Jordan can't look can't can't leave him out. Right. But I've always tried to pull you know, different parts of people's games that stood out. I mean, as far as passing, you know, mm. um, Jason Williams, when he was on Orlando, that was one of my guys. Um, you know, what? That's cool. Yes. His, his passing was unparalleled. Um, T-Mac and his um, his jump shot, you know, that's kind of when I fell in love with having a jump shot because he, he get elevated. He was also 6'7". Yeah. Um, so he had kind of Excuse an advantage me. over me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's where you got your elevated jump shot mimic from yep that's that's what really made me want to chase having a jump shot because i mean i looked at my dad he was six one six two so i knew i wasn't growing anything you know to anything crazy so i knew i had to um you know adapt and try and figure out where where am i going to be dominant where am i going to you know how am i going to level out the playing field when i'm playing against people who are taller so before we go talk about like after high school, what's it like teacher chip you would give out there? You know what I'm saying? Like you talk about your dad a lot. I'm assuming you had other coaches. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Equity is like a big thing now. Like yelling at kids. I don't know if you saw the video about the coach who punched the kid in the chest. I like, did. but back in the day, that was happening. That was normal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was normal. Now you can't do that no more, right? And rightfully so, right? Because we want kids to be able to. Uh, obviously cope with their issues mentally and not having to cope with issues physically or substantially or, you know, we want the, we want to be able to model that, how mm -hmm. to handle emotions, right? Mm -hmm. How to speak when you're angry, right? Or when you're disappointed and not using force all the time. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but outside of that, though, like, what's just like a tip you'll give just in general? I would say... And this is going to sound pretty basic, but, you know, one, play your game and make sure that nobody can take you out of your game, whether that be the other team or even your coach. Sometimes you don't see it, but your coach takes you out of your game. Your teammates' attitudes may take you out of your game. Mm. And 
always remember that you never really know who's watching. Um, so, you know, I, I've seen people who have been playing in a game and they get into it with their coach, not knowing that, you know, scouts sitting there on the sidelines. And it sounds like some made up stuff, some stuff that's like, you know, oh, I've seen this in a movie somewhere, but it, it's happened multiple times. And I mean, a lot of people don't, they never really notice who's watching. And some of, some of the opportunities, especially if you're not well connected, if you're not, if you don't have, you know, let's say a dad around or, you know, a, a support mm. group who really has connections to get you to the next level, um, you know, uh, some of the best opportunities are going to come when you least expect it. Mm. Hey, that opportunity for me in China happened when I was playing in a pickup game. No, not a pickup game, sorry. It was a, a rec league. Right. I was mm. playing in a rec league, and this guy, I was killing this team. And um, this guy from the other team came to me, and he was like, hey, would you would you like to do a tour You know, in China? Like, you know, go out there for a month and just hoop. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was weird because it was this guy from the other team that I just played against. Um, and we, we blew them out, let's say, like 30. Right. Um, and, you know, that could have been an opportunity for me to start showboating, to start, you know, you know, acting crazy. But mm. the fact that we, you know, played with class, we just – one showed that the fact that we were playing our game and just showing a love for the game, you know, kept respecting the equation. So you're talking to somebody who, um, you know, I was a point guard, but my primary role was LB. You know what that means? No, I was left bench. No. And so, and so you talk to somebody who can like, you know, I'm, I'm coming from like a very polar opposite point of spec perspective, but I love basketball and I have IQ. So when I ask this question, right, please answer it. Kobe talks about, like, you know, not really worrying about winning, not really worrying about losing. He talks about, like, just staying in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how important is that, like, when you're, like, playing basketball, just, like, going with the flow of things and trying to – he says, like, don't fall in love with trying to win or losing. Fall in love with trying to figure things out. Mm. Fall in love with the process. Like, how important is that? And how did you use that in your pro level? I'm assuming you will have to definitely know, have that mentality. Yeah, no, definitely. It's – um. It's it's definitely up there. I think that, you know, falling in love falling in love with the process um means a lot because that's not just when the game starts, it's everything that happens throughout when your teammate makes a bad play. That's part of the process when, you know, mm. your coach pulls you out for something, you know, and I've had some good coaches, I've had some bad coaches, I've had some coaches that will that won't pull me out for anything that I do. I've had some coaches that will pull me out for the first negative thing that I will do. And, um, you know, that's also part of the process. And so that kind of ties into what I said earlier about, you know, making sure that you keep playing your game and not let anybody affect you, anybody out externally affect you. Because, um, you know, when your moment comes, you need to be ready. And no matter what point of the process you may be right now, having a plan and wherever your plan is and where you, wherever you want to end up, is very important and you know there's going to be bumps along that road you just got to take those in stride i mean if where you want to be you know is college a college level player or if you want to be a um you know g league you know or, or even higher i mean that's never going to be i mean unless you're somebody of lebron's talent which yeah. you know that's few and far between it's never going to be an easy road there's going to be you know all kinds of trials and tribulations especially living out here in detroit and mm -hmm. i've only been here for four years but there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of talent here. Mm. And so you have to find some kind of way to really stand out. Um, and there's, there's a lot of ways you can do that. But understanding the process, understanding how things work, 